Hey, John, great to talk to Jake Bright again. It's the second or third time he's been on our program, correct? Yeah, I think it's the third time. Well, you know, the, the thing that I really love about this podcast is um, when I when I talked about how my barbecue grill taught me something about <laughs> future future generations of the live wire, uh-huh. uh, Jake was in total agreement with me <laughs> while you were you were you know like waving your hair. And, your ideas, and, they come from not even left field. They come from outside the ballpark, <laughs> but they do make their way into the ballpark. I, I appreciate the fact that you eventually get to the point. <laughs> Tune in for this one, guys. It was fun. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. This is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. On the line with us today is someone that is no stranger to Behind the Bars, Mark, Jake Bright who is an award-winning author, writer on global business and tech. He's a contributor at TechCrunch, but also Revzilla Common Tread. Welcome back, Jake. Welcome, Hi. Jake. Welcome, Jake. Back. I, I'm, I'm amazed that you've chosen to come back, given the abuse we normally dish out to you. He on. loves it. He loves he He is. Oh, it's, he, it's, he, he, it's he's banter, he banters okay, back and guys. forth with us all the time. Loves it. You think he loves it? He loves it. Well, the fact that he's back is must must suggest that. Well, let's get right down to it, Jake. What's this bullshit that you're launching a competitive uh, podcast uh, to Why compete with us? Why are you starting us? there? Why are you starting there, Mark? Because I'm upset. You're going aggressive right I off the line. I am upset. Jake is taking our thunder. He's here to talk about his triple threat. Let's start off with let's start off with triple threat, and then we can go to how he's about to become a competitor behind the bars. Okay, fair enough. Triple threat. What's okay, that? Jake. Before we even get into triple threat, because yeah, Mark yeah. Mark is literally derailed. You derailed him <laughs> from your initial discussion here. You, oh, you, I, I welcome it all, guys. You um, you yeah, bring it on. You are heavily involved with all motorcycles, all brands, all manufacturers, um, connections across the probably the world to that extent. I hate giving you that much credit, but it's true. You 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 decided that there. There was something lacking in the motorcycle world. What was what was lacking? You know what I was what I was looking for is, as you mentioned, I get to test, and I you know I'm not a full time tester, but both in my technology writing and then also some of the motorcycle writing I've done, I get to test a lot of bikes, but I don't own one. Um, so for a couple of years, I I didn't even have my own bike, and I was getting on and off things, but the thing I was looking at is is um, I needed to get one bike, and the thought that I had was I wanted something that would keep me fresh and, and um, you know, sharp in all different riding forms, right? So if a testing opportunity came up to do something with an ADV bike or to ride on the track or do some street riding, um, I wanted a bike where if I had my own bike, I could practice anything. I could go to a motocross track. I could go to a supermoto track. I could hooligan around, uh, practice wheelies, um, and also have something that was a daily rider. And what ended up, what ended up happening is that I, I looked at the production landscape. And I just didn't see anything that fit that in one bike, mind you. You could get two bikes and, and capture that. So I got this idea, and you know, I stay up Friday, I surf YouTube and start, you know, doing research on motorcycle stuff. And came upon this idea to, to find one bike that I would modify that would do well in all three forms. So dirt, 
Bracken Street, and that's where the idea for Project Triple Threat, One Bike for Dirt Street and Track, was launched. And that was about two years ago. You st- you, that's what I was going to ask. So two years ago, you started this project. And it started it in my mind, guys. You know how these things start to, they start to percolate or incubate in your head first, right, for a while. Sure. So you're out riding all kinds of different bikes, and you keep on saying, well, this bike would be great for this, but it, it's missing on this. So, so, so you started your the base with KTM. Yeah, what I did is I landed on pretty much to, to reach a goal of having one bike that I could do, I could, I could use for third street and track. And then let me clarify, the idea wasn't, I wasn't expecting that I would get the best performance in each of those categories because right. that would be like a dream, <laughs> right? But the goal is that it, a bike that that could you could convert it in some way and it would perform well on dirt street and track. And when I started looking at platforms for this, you know, you're right, John, like there, there were some things that would fit one of those categories, but there were drawbacks. And I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing that I... I looked at and I, I kind of wanted to avoid is, you know, the Scrambler ADV market. Um, maybe some people would think some of those bikes were a go-to for something like this. But, I, you know, I think those bikes are just way too heavy. And um, they also, you know, I wanted something that if I took off-road, <laughs> I wouldn't need a forklift, you know, if, if, I, if I dumped it. So the short of it is that when I, I needed a, a, a spec sweet spot and I came upon you know, the KTM 690 Enduro. And then I started to see on some online forums that for years now, uh, garage, you know, garage junkies or garage mechanics or whatever have been doing supermoto conversions on that. So the bike that I, I settled on was a 2019 KTM 690 Enduro. And the, the conversion would be a supermoto conversion. And basically the, the goals would be to get it down to 300 pounds, um, to, to create a bike that would have some ADV abilities. I wanted something that looked and felt cool. Um, and I wanted something that I could convert across modes in less than two hours. And just a couple more things on why I picked that bike is, uh, the bike is, it's in a spec sweet spot. It's around 320 pounds dry. Uh, it, it's got a, a single that's the KTM refined. that's around 74 horsepower. So the power to, to weight on it is really good. And then the last thing why that bike was a, was a great bike for the project was if you look at KTM 690s, it's virtually the same platform as their, their Supermoto, their SMC. So it was already a bike that minus a few different changes was already a proven Supermoto bike. So, Jake, is this is this the TX3 you're talking about? Yeah, this is... TX3 is the, it's basically, that's what I came up with. I, that's I that's this triple, the triple threat. So, but, this is the so bike that he built. What it is, KTM, so Project Triple Threat. Yeah, but he hadn't mentioned. KTM 690, TX3, and that's that's threat times three. So that's, that's basically my own. I've had people stop me on this thing now. I'll jump ahead to, to the finished version. I have people stop me and ask me, like, hey, I never saw that KTM because it, it has its own custom logo but tx3 is just something i made up based around the well, project and i got some custom graphics for it 
Well, the articles that I read about it or the article I read about it was it, it is referred to as the TX3. So I was confused by triple X. I see what you're saying, but it, the moniker is T KTM TX3. So right? you didn't. So what you're saying, you didn't understand that 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 Jake no. created this motorcycle. No, I'm saying I don't understand why we're not referring to it as the TX3. Oh, you want to refer to it as the TX3. I, yeah. I refer to it as TX3 too. It's it's a shorter version. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Well, I'm you know waiting, what's I'm waiting for KTM to tell me that somebody I'll feel really successful if KTM USA, who by the way gave me some support for this, but if they if they call me up and say, "Hey man, we got people calling us asking us where where we can buy this TX3 model." But that hasn't happened yet. Well, you know, because uh, you're, you're, it's an interesting whole idea, right? You mentioned how this motorcycle um, does a lot of different things. It reminds me of Mark. Huh? It rem yeah. the, the motorcycle reminds I, me of Mark. It it, it does I, a lot I, of things I, I good, like not great. That well, that's my next question. I agree with you about that's a good <laughs> assessment of me, I, I, and I'll should, accept you, that. Jake, you should see Mark's face when I said that too. But well, here's the thing, you know. I love the, the concept, but this sort of concept um, doesn't work well in a lot of other cases. For instance. What do you mean? For instance, the Swiss Army knife uh -huh. is a ridiculous tool. It has all of these little gadgets that, you know, you could interchange and do all kinds of things with it, but it doesn't do anything well. You can't whittle well with it and drive a Phillips head screwdriver well with it. It can do both, but it does neither really well. So... How are you avoiding, Jake, that that sort of compromise that comes with utility, um, you know, across the board here? It's it seems to me like there would be compromises for all three of the threats. How are you going? How does it, this bike overcome that? Well, I, I'm still. That was a that was a the, improper analogy, thread, but go ahead. I'll let Jake go. Uh, Sorry, Jake. Go ahead. I, I apologize. I just read the common thread piece. Uh, <laughs> what you're saying, Mark, is still to be decided. What ended up happening here is, you know, I thought this would, and it's, I mean, this is like the, this is like the story of so many projects, and so many of them just never get done. But I thought that I'd do like some simple mods on this, and I worked with this company, Warp Nine, that you know makes one of the best supermoto conversion companies out out in Utah. And I thought like I'll change the wheels, and uh, maybe add a few a few bolt-on mods, and that'll be it. What ended up happening? <laughs> I ended up getting way in way over my head on this and realizing that, you know, I wasn't fabricating something. Um, you know, I wasn't like, it wasn't like Orange County choppers, but at the same time, you know, I, I was creating a project where I was going to be swapping myself, the, the drivetrain and the wheels on a bike that I was going to be jumping and, you know, going off road on and, you know, hitting three figures on. So it, it turned into a much more extensive project than I originally started with. I ended up having like 36 mods. Uh, I got 20 pounds off the bike. I fabricated a few things on it, um, and I ended up getting probably around six more horsepower out of it. So it became a much like there's a lot more on this bike. There's all kinds of titanium, and you know we remapped the fuel a little bit. Um, but I'm still so I just got that done right. Like really, the the final I had a mod ch checklist that was you know, like three pages on a Google Doc, and I finally got that done. So your question mark that's still to be seen and there's going to be a follow-up article on common tread about you know where did this thing come out over the next year and over the next year what i'm going to do is i'm going to take it to an mx track 
I'm going to take it to a supermoto day. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to use it more as a daily rider and come back and answer that very question that you asked. In the, in the short term, I have to say that I really love the bike <laughs> um, now that it's all done. I feel like I have the most badass bike that I could ever want. It's cool. Uh, but I still haven't had a chance to test it in all those forums. So there's there's still a lot more to talk about on this. And, and I think that question you asked, um, let's let's revisit it, I think, in, you know, in a, another six months or so. Yeah, I, I... It remains to be seen. It does remain to be seen. I, I love the concept, too. Well, I, so our viewer or our listeners may not know that um, this motorcycle, when we say triple threat, meaning it's three different riding uh, environments, right? Yes. One for the yeah. track, one for adventure riding. And one street. And then, well, I, I guess it depends. Jake, how are you describing it? Because is it... Well, I have, I have four modes for the bike across dirt street and track. So there's supermoto track mode, which, which is... And I also created a way to get this bike track ready with some cool things like these... I don't know if you've ever seen these click and ride... There's an inventor in Australia that created these blinkers that plug in and out. Like, yeah, we, we, we've seen that in an article on uh, that the, uh, it talks about that. So keep going. So it can be track ready for dirt or street in five minutes with two tools. See, that's um, the part, Mike. I also created a custom tail tidy. And, you know, this is where I got in deeper than I ever thought. You know, I got one of those, um, you know, those light clips that you have on like a boat trailer. And I fabricated that so that, you know, you could get the, the, the back tail tidy and the license plate off in like two seconds and just pop, a, pop the, the plug um, with an Allen, an Allen wrench. Um, so you have supermoto track mode. You've got daily rider mode, which is basically just supermoto mode with the mirrors and a tank bag on. I created ADV mode, which is that's putting um, the dirt wheels back on. And I added some more aggressive tires from Dunlop. Uh, so that's adding a windscreen and uh, some Nelson rig bags and the tank bag. So, you know, gives it some ADV capabilities. But I tell you, if it comes to big ADV bikes, when we get off-road, I would much rather have my bike than any of those five or 600-pound <laughs> Goliaths. Um, and then there's, there's, uh, there's MX mode, which is basically with the MX wheels on, uh, stripping the bike down of, of you know, blinkers off, um, license plate off, mirrors off, and also getting it down to 300 pounds. MX mode with the mirrors off, I've gotten 20 pounds off the bike. So that's for taking it to an MX track. And one of the things I'm going to do um, is I'm, there's actually a, 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 an MX track near here, and I'm going to do a segment where I, I ride my motorcycle on I-95 to the MX track, strip it down, you know, ride on an MX track, bolt it back up, and ride home. That would be cool. I like so, that. So you can convert these, move these back and forth roughly five minutes. You can move from one one mode. I should absolutely clarify that. I can get it track ready in five minutes. To go across modes, I'm still working on the time. Okay. The goal is to do it in under two hours. Yep. Um, the first, <laughs> it, it took me hours and weeks to get it ready for the swap because I had to play with sprockets and drive chains. Drive, drive trains and get it. I, I had to get the drive trains ready to run two different sprocket setups and two different chains because the, the, the enduro or the, the off-road sprocket and chain setup was definitely not for, for 23 or 23 inch wheels was definitely not 
uh, optimal for a pair of 17-inch supermoto wheels. Um, but I've got it set up where it took me over two hours, the first swap. I've only done one. But I think that as I get more accustomed to it, and the other thing is sometimes you just get faster. You know, you know what tool. Um, you know, you don't have to go look up torque specs anymore because you memorize them. I'm hoping that I can get it across all modes in an hour and a half. So that's also something that there'll be more reporting on as I do this more over the next, you know, next six months. That's cool. Uh, the, the, as far as like the mods, do you have to change when you move from, let's say a race bike to adventure bike, do you have to change the brakes or is it just tires and oh, wheels? Yeah. And what's that? Um, there were, there were, yeah, there were little things that came up along the way that you wouldn't need to do all these things to do this, but you know, the perfectionist in me and also, you know, I just, it was just like, you know what, let's, this is a project, let's just do something really right right out of the out of the gate so there were some challenges and the brakes were a challenge because one of the differences between the ktm 690 enduro and its cousin the, the supermoto is that the supermoto has a more powerful front brake um so that's one thing i wanted to address the second thing is that you get into some challenges running when you get into like brake bedding and stuff and i didn't know any of this stuff guys before i dove into this it's been years since i'd really wrenched on a bike um there was a challenge to running two different sets of rotors because the dual sport wheels and the supermoto wheels have different rotors. They're the same size, but they're different. So I worked with Galfer and Brembo to come up with a solution to this. And basically it was to get two sets of pads and have, you know, it, you wanted, you wanted one set of pads bedded to one rotor and, and the other way around. So I swapped the pads. To deal with um, having less power in the front brake, uh, what I did is I, I swapped the fluid uh, and put some racing fluid on, which I don't know how much how much that changes things, but I think it improves the performance of the bike. And then um, dropping 20 pounds off the bike, I think, does make up for the fact that the, the stock Brembo front brake that came with the KTM 690 Enduro has only two pistons versus the four pistons that are on KTM stock Supermoto. So all in all, um, it takes a little more time, but there's there's no bedding issues, um, there's no shutter, and the bike stops really well. So Jake, I want to change the subject quickly here. We're running out of time, um, but yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you about the live wire quickly here because we've talked about it in the past, and I want to talk to you specifically about the live wire and my barbecue grill. Okay. So. Oh my gosh. The other day. Elaborate. The other day, and well, it also loans itself to your your conversation about modular approach to motorcycles. So the other day, I, I fired up my barbecue grill because I had like this mammoth steak that I wanted to grill, and I, I I went to turn it on, and I was out of fuel in my barbecue grill. So I ran down to the local store here, and I took my tank down, and I handed it my empty, and they handed me a full. I went up and I grilled this incredibly beautiful steak. And it got me thinking about the live wire. This and is so far-fetched. What is, why could it not be that, that in, 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 in the sequels to live wire, that the live wire actually has an interchangeable battery. I knew you were going to get there. An interchangeable battery as opposed to waiting to charge a, you know, a stationary battery that's, that's Go ahead and ask Jake. Jake, ask him. Is, there any, is there any legs to this pro- approach? There's actually somebody doing it except... Um, this is where some of my worlds have collided in ways I didn't realize. 
you know, I do a lot of stuff with technology in Africa in terms of a writer, and inevitably, wherever I go, I'm sure you guys find this. If you're a motorcycle person, you just find motorcycle people. So um, what I found is, is um, in Rwanda, they're, they use motorcycles much more for utility, right? It's not so much leisure, and they use them for taxis. The short of it is there's a startup over there called Ampersand that was trying to solve for um, creating electric motorcycle taxis, and these things run all day. And they don't have a very good charging infrastructure, and then nobody in the electric motorcycle world has found a way to charge a bike yet as fast as you can char- or just fill a gas tank. So their solution, Ampersand solution that I covered, is they, they run swappable batteries in these Bajaj uh, motorcycles that they've converted. So somebody's doing it. I think if you get to the live wire, I mean, the battery's so huge in that thing. You know, like, how would you do it? But here's here's a thought, guys, and now we're all we're, we're aligning all these things. Part of triple threat and part of the things I'm thinking about is, is there, if, if this thing really, it's in six months, I'm like, this is still the coolest bike. It's awesome that I can do all these things on it, and it looks cool, um, and it performs really well. Um, is, there an, is there an OEM version of this that could come with, with that would be more out of the box, would do all these things? And would you know maybe would be less elaborate, and part of that is also considering that there could be an electric version. I would love to see an electric version of this, and maybe that electric version would have a swappable battery. And the thing about it is, if you get into like the closest thing that ever existed to this, was uh, you guys remember Alta, right? Uh, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, Alta is gone now, but they had a supermoto, and those smaller batteries that they had could be swappable, right? Theoretically, yeah. But I, threw, hmm. I just threw a lot of stuff in there. Well, yeah, it, it could happen. We we know you're a busy guy, Jake. The one one thing, uh, just if do you want to talk briefly about your next uh, your next project that you're working on that that Mark is worked up about? Oh yeah, guys, really don't get worked up. This is oh, Mark is already his face turned red when you told us before we started recording. Go ahead, t- I mean, tell our listeners what you're what you're working yeah. on. Basically, I'm starting. Uh, I'm starting my own online motorcycle adventure uh, program called Bright Bike Life, and it's really simple. It's just documenting through film, one, two, three, four-minute video clips of motorcycling adventures. You know that I have right outside my door here in New York, but also, you know, I come in contact with a lot of motorcycle culture. You know, bright uh, bike life movement in New York City, like. You know, this girl, Melissa Alexis, who can ride wheelies over Manhattan. You know, sometimes I'm in Africa, and, uh, you know, I've come in contact with, you know, people that love motorcycles. So that's it. It's not going to be super high production grade. You know, I wouldn't get that threatened, guys. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not, Jake. Like it's two it, cameras. That's and, Mark uh, for you. And using uh, existing platforms, YouTube. I'll launch it off of YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and I haven't officially announced it yet but the first video actually you have now i sent you of, of the launch yeah the first video is the launch of, of uh triple threat where i unveiled the bike and just um there you saw that video where there's there's some we did it's like a one minute clip of yeah of it in all modes jumping it and stuff taking it off road and etc yeah that's it well, Jake, I'm, I'm certainly not worked up about it. I'm just pulling your leg. I'm really excited to hear about it, and I, I can't wait to tune in. It sounds like a great project. 
Well, maybe maybe there's something in the, in there that gets me, uh, you know, bright lights, bike light, light, light lights, heads up to Vermont, or, you know, maybe here's one for you guys. You guys do the next long way up and take John's live wire up to the Arctic Circle. <laughs> way, long way, way up, you know. I like it. I like it. Jake, uh, I know you're a busy guy. Don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, we have really, really appreciate you carving out 20 minutes for us uh, to talk about Triple Threat. We will uh, link up to some of the articles that are out there. I know um, it's a if you get a chance, folks, to um, go on and just see the notes, the build, the mods. It's a really, really cool idea. Um, it, it looked like a lot of fun. I'm sure it was frustrating at some points, but um, the end result, Jake, is really, really cool. So we're really... It's fun now, John. I'm but, sure. Yeah, the, the, during putting it together was like, why am I doing this? I get it. It's three in the morning and I'm I'm stuck playing with a wrench in a garage type stuff. You, know, <laughs> you got to put those those things in to get to, to some cool results sometimes. So. Well, it is very cool. It's definitely, I think you're on to something. And I'm, I know people are taking note. And uh, just based on the amount of comments that we've seen out there um, in the marketplace... Uh, that, that references, and I know you've uh, answered a lot of comments. It's it's pretty incredible the enthusiasm and passion that are around this. So we really appreciate it, and uh, love to circle back when you do take it on the track um, and uh, put it through its paces. Absolutely, guys. Have Jake, thank you. And, uh, stay, stay warm riding. Thank we you, will. Jake. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.